This is Revelation Response, a podcast where we talk about who God is, what He's done in our lives, and how we can't help but respond in worship. We want these episodes to be an encouragement wherever you are on your faith journey to pay attention to what God is saying to you and to consider how you might respond. Now, here's my conversation with Carrie Murphy. Hey, well, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Nate Souza, your host. So today I do have a guest today, uh, Carrie Murphy. So Carrie, for those that don't know, what do you do now? Like, what's your role? How do how do we know each other? Like, yeah, so we know each other uh, because we work at a fantastic place called Fellowship. Mm -hmm. I've been the kids director there for seven and a half years. Crazy. And so what does your job at the church entail? Like yeah. currently, currently I oversee our Sunday morning programming and the staff in that. So, um, yeah, keeping everything run smoothly. Mm-hmm. Around 500 kids at Brentwood campus, wow. about 200 volunteers. Um, so it's a fun party every Sunday, <laughs> and crazy. I've loved it. I've loved it. I've loved being at Fellowship. We have the best people. Yeah. Um, like I would say that my job that I've had here is my favorite job I've had so far. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to get into that as well as um, what you're up to right now, which is like a big yeah. change from what you just said. Yeah. Um, but maybe before we do that, um, if you wouldn't mind just like going back to the beginning, like tell me about early Carrie's life, you know, growing up yeah, and kind of who yeah, you yeah, are, yeah. because I think it will help sort of set the stage for what God's what doing now. What we're talking now. about, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. So I grew up in Georgia. Um in a Christian family, which I was really fortunate to be born into a Christian family. Um, We fostered a lot of kids growing up. Mm. Um, I performed a lot growing up. I always had a heart for that. I always got attention and love when I performed. (laughs) That was like how I got it. What were you doing? So it was more strategic. Um, What kind of performing? A lot of community theater, parachurch ministries. Um, I traveled with a singing choir called the Continentals. First, I toured like as a singer, mm-hmm. and then when I was nineteen, I started tour managing for the Continentals. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I did mm-hmm. that for a while, um, and you know, was on the production side, um, and then I had an opportunity to lead with my at the time husband, mm-hmm. an international children's choir. Um, kids were from Uganda, Nepal, and the Philippines, and we traveled. 40 weeks out of the year. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh in the U.S.? Like you traveled mm-hmm. here? Okay. All over the U.S. And uh, like we raised awareness for clean water, lived out of an RV cool. full time. How old were you when you were doing that? 20. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, 21. Pretty young. Yeah. I've seen yeah. the world. And, super you know, young. Yeah. Super young, um, which kind of leads into what I mentioned, my divorce. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I... Met someone at Liberty University. Okay. He also was a biblical studies major like me. And um, pretty much right after we got married, like directly after the ceremony, um, he started being abusive. Um, like even on our honeymoon. Um, I remember he locked me out of like our suite oh, <laughs> at Sandals Resorts. I mean, it was like, wow. it was bad right from the jump. Yeah. Um, so I was married as we did that touring job with the, okay. the kids choir. And unfortunately getting a divorce meant quitting that job because really? <laughs> it, it was, was like a couple's job. Okay. Then I found myself in Lynchburg kind of just floundering. Like I moved back in with my parents. My yeah. marriage had dissipated. 
Um, and you're still pretty young at that. Still super young, point, right? Okay. Uh huh. And also, I, I feel like right after that happened, my divorce, I just spiritually flatlined. Mm. Like I was a believer still, mm. but I wasn't showing evidences of that. Mm. And I would say definitely, I spent a couple of years just feeling like God was not there. He mm. was not looking at me. He did not see me. Mm-hmm. And just, I would say more or less bitter about my current circumstance because mm-hmm. on paper I had done all these right things, went to the Christian college, <laughs> right. been working in parachurch ministries. Yeah. I was on the drama team at, at Liberty and all this stuff and um, thought I picked the right guy and did not, uh-huh. you know? So I was really feeling helpless in more ways than one. And I just kind of thought I'm going to go off the deep end. I'm going to up and move. I applied for Chicago's Second City Training Center, okay, um, which is a school for people who want to be comedians or want to go on SNL, which was— This is how they, like, bill it to people. Like, come up exactly. here. We'll get you on these shows. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Um, so I applied there and was accepted into their advanced writing program. Mm. So I was like, this is it. This is my ticket out of Lynchburg. I'm just going to throw myself into the world of comedy, you know, forget this whole— going to church Christian thing, and th- this did not work out. Okay. I'm going to Chicago now. Um, so would you call that like a, a crisis of faith moment or like I'm leaving, like I'm not a Christian anymore yeah. or that kind of thing? Or It was a, I don't know where we stand, God. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but I know I, I want to go do this. Yes. You know? Okay. Yes. Like if you're not going to bless me and what I'm doing for you, I'm going to go and find my own way. Gotcha. It was a purposeful decision. I didn't have peace about it, but it was just kind of like, nothing's happening for me. I got to make something happen. Yeah. Was what I told myself. So I got into my RAV4 and drove to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Nashville was going to be a pit stop. Um, I I needed some moving money. So I had a job lined up in Chicago. I had Mm. the school lined up in Chicago, the apartment lined up in Chicago. Like I had flown, met the girl, like everything was good to go. Okay. Stopped in Nashville to work the CMT Awards just for some extra cash. That's wild. Yeah. I'm like sleeping on someone's floor mm-hmm. in a sleeping bag. You know, I'm just here for a little bit. Yeah, short term. And um, I decide, hey, I'm here for like six weeks. Yeah. I'm going to try a church. Okay. Google exegetical teaching, <laughs> Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, as many have. As many have. <laughs> and if you have, right. I think even now, fellowship's the, the first one that pops up. Yeah. So I thought, okay, going to go try this church. Huh. And I went there, and the sermon was about Abraham and Lot. And um, Abraham had offered Lot, like, which land do you want to go to? The good one, the the not-so-good one, you can have whatever. Right. Uh-huh. So Lot picks the good land. And, uh, like, what Lloyd said during that sermon was he just kept saying it, don't go east. Don't go for what the world offers you. Don't mm. go for what looks lush to man's eye follow God. Mm -hmm. And it's like, as I'm sitting in the seat, in the sanctuary, I can feel God looking at me. Like, like now I did have his gaze and he Uh, was saying, don't, don't go to Chicago. Like I just heard it as clear as I'm hearing my voice now. It was like, don't Mm. go to Chicago. Wow. And I'm like, you haven't talked to me in a while. And now the first (laughs) thing you're telling me is to like, not do this whole thing that I've planned. 
Um, Where have you been? (laughs) Exactly. Like the timing, right? Like I'm literally about to move. Mm. And even though I was lost at the time, as in, you know, my relationship with the Lord wasn't strong, even though I hadn't been paying him attention, I hadn't been loving him, whatever, he loved me enough to intervene. Mm. And even though I didn't feel like love at the time, it felt like, oh, you're just crashing in on my dream here. <laughs> right. Um, That's a pretty inconvenient thing to say when you're like literally about to Yeah, and, and <laughs> at, the time, I, at the time, I thought, my thinking was, there is no way that comedy and following God are in the same bucket, right? Mm. Like, like they have to be kept separate. Gotcha. So to me at that time, it was an either or. Uh. It's like either you go to Chicago, do comedy and be a hooligan, <laughs> <laughs> or um, you stay in Nashville and see why I was yeah, going to stay. Yeah, fork in the road. Like, yeah, it was a fork know? in the road, and yeah. it was like, okay, clearly God's telling me this. I've heard it in my heart, in my mind, in my soul. I felt God telling me not to go. Hmm. Um, so I knew I, I wanted to go so bad anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I think I might still do it, yeah. you know? Um, but I physically could not. Like, I could not go to Chicago huh. knowing that I did not have the blessing of God. Yeah. Like, I I chose, I had to make a choice. I chose, hey, you know what? Let's give God a second try. Um, let's give this Christian life another go. Yeah. You know, let's pick it wow. back up. And um, that fork in the road and God leading me to make the decision I did saved my life, mm. saved my life, like spiritually, like in every way. Yeah. Little did I know that from that service where God told me not to go to Chicago, I went back to fellowship a few weeks later, just a few weeks. And there was in the program uh, an ad for the kids director job. Mm. And immediately when I saw it, I was like, this is why I'm staying in, in Nashville. Wow. Like This is it. And, um, yeah, so I went from one day being totally sure I was going to do comedy in Chicago to just a few weeks later accepting a job as kids director Mm -hmm. for fellowship. Yeah. And um, through my years here at fellowship of being the kids director, I would say I was broken, crushed, and rebuilt. Um, Like one of fellowship's goals is – you know, inviting people in, training them up, sending them out as mm-hmm. our strategy. And like when I first saw that, I was like, oh, man, mm. that's what happened to me. Right. Like God invited me in. I was completely trained up mm-hmm. and uh, it's it made all the difference for me. Right. Um, and just having people like Paige to bring me into discipleship, even when I didn't want to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and and just like. Larry Kayser, uh, the the chats I've had with him where he's giving me advice with with my marriage, my second marriage to Miles. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's the best? I just want to give Miles a shout out. Like, oh my gosh, he's the best. y'all! <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> Miles is so fine, um, and he's also great. Yes, yeah, right. In addition, um, yes, uh, and my how I met Miles is a whole story in and of itself. Yeah, but um, yes, he was part of my staying in Nashville. That was. Um, We met shortly after I made the decision to stay. So it was like, make the decision to stay in Asheville, which was really hard and felt nothing but sacrifice. Like it felt like a huge loss. Mm -hmm. And then weeks later, got the job at Fellowship, met Miles, and like those two things changed the trajectory. Totally, yeah. 
So there's something in your story too about like, I hadn't really put two and two together about like a crisis of faith and then like God literally giving you like a very hard revelation, you know, of saying like, I don't want you to go do this thing you're planning on. And that sort of being a catalyst to like bring you back like into faith, (laughs) you know, like it's like you were saying, like, where have you been? Like, I I haven't, Uh we haven't been good (laughs) or like I'm speaking, whatever. And then it's just like God approaches different people so differently, like in every moment of their life, but like in a crucial moment like that for you to say, like, I can't go here. I have to be obedient. Yes. And that also serving as a way to like rekindle that basically relationship which is like so beautiful like that's like a cool thing yeah and it it proved to me it like showed me real time that when you follow god like when you decide like okay let's let's go this way let's do what he's asking Mm -hmm. um then like leaning into that brings you closer to him Mm -hmm. like the second that i said sure let's try this god right it's like okay we're moving again like the the bike pedals are turning yeah and it's like it's one of those things I've found. They say like f- sometimes in a relationship, if you're not feeling the things, just act your way into that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not feeling especially loving, like do something to help them. Yeah. And that's what I found with God. It was like, okay, huh. I need to do my part in responding. Mm. And when I respond to you, then you give me more, you know, <laughs> it's like a symbiotic relationship, yeah. but but I, I hadn't been doing my, I wasn't meeting him halfway mm. for a long time. And uh, the second that I said, all right, let's surrender. Let's try this again. I mean, God's hand was so clear again. Yeah. So all along, I feel like I had been thinking I was abandoned. Right. And I think in hindsight, it was like, okay, no, I think I just got bitter and closed the door, Mm -hmm. you know. And, and you got, have a choice, too, I mean, at that point to yeah. say, like you said, I might just still go to Chicago. Right, you right. Know, like, yeah. And that's, I mean, we'll get to this, I guess, with what's happening right now. But like that, you know, specifically in your story, like the choice to respond is so strong. It's like right in front of you. Like the yeah. revelation's clear. Yes. Like I want you but to But I didn't this. like the revelation. Yeah. It's like <laughs> just because God gives you a revelation doesn't mean it's going to be pleasant or so, like yeah, easy yeah, or good, easy. you know. Um, huh. So it, at that time, it just felt like. Like now we call it a revelation, but at the in the moment it just felt like devastation. Yeah, like totally I'm just yeah. you're not letting me do that. So here I am yeah. at fellowship. Right. <laughs> um, and now I can look back and go, man, it was very purposeful and and timely. But yeah, sometimes the revelation at first doesn't feel right like a revelation. <laughs> it just feels Maybe like which it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's like uh, launch forward then. I mean, there's a, probably a lot of stories we're yeah. skipping over, like the Miles story and then even just your job at yeah. Fellowship, you know. But to, so today, may, and maybe back up a little bit just to help. So like sure. your kids director, yeah, yeah, you yeah. like your job. And then when does comedy or this thought yeah. re-enter? Okay, this is where it gets good. <laughs> okay. So I'm at Fellowship for a long time, growing um I think I said before, like I'm being pruned. Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell I'm changing. Like I can feel myself changing week by week, Mm -hmm. year by year. And um, just really started leaning hard into the courageously real and like all that fellowship's about. Like I totally drank the Kool-Aid. Right. (laughs) Like for a long time. Yes. And so uh, eventually uh, I was asked as part of my job to do this thing called Unique, Mm -hmm. which is a... um, life coaching course 
It's more of an intensive. So essentially, I went to this program along with other staff members for two or three days, Mm -hmm. had an intensive. And the goal of that intensive was to figure out your life's calling. And I went in kicking and screaming. Um, And uh, like right when it started, it was clear that for me, this was going to be significant. Uh. Um, And so like these sessions are going on. And I can feel something stirring um, that's really deep. And um, I'm thinking, wow, maybe I am supposed to do this, this comedy stuff because it's how I'm wired. Like I learned through mm. Unique that God wires us each so specifically. Mm. And with as much variety as we look out and see in the world, different kinds of flowers, different kinds of, I mean, just like the whole world is so diverse, mm-hmm. but Christians, we kind of categorize ourselves as it's this one conglomerate, mm. you know, where we have like the herd mentality where it's <laughs> like Jesus and us, like we humankind. Yeah. So I think by default, we think that we need to worship in the same way and and have the same style of obedience or the same prayer life or mm. um that our life should somehow mirror one another. Like there's some objective standard. Yeah, there's a like standard. What this looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, doing that class kind of showed me that, no, it's like God God gave you unique DNA, a unique attribute of him to reflect. Um, just like we all have different personalities. Like, why don't we take our personalities into consideration for our prayer life or hmm. for the way that we sing worship songs? Mm-hmm. So it just opened me up to, man, I don't have to be in a box. Yeah. Um, and the two, so the, the objective of the course is to walk away with two words that describe your being. Mm-hmm. And my two words that I derived from the from the comprehensive process was breaking expectations mm. and giving vocabulary to my purpose was instrumental Mm. because once I learned I'm called to reflect the joy of God, I'm called to reflect the delight. Then I was able to hone in on then what? So what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. I could let other, um, other things go, maybe like more manufactured versions of myself or Mm. um, like, expectations I placed on myself unnecessarily, Mm -hmm. I was able to let some of those go and just go, what is it that I can do for the Lord or bring to the world that no one else can? Oh yeah. That's a great question. And that's the question that unique ask is, ask is, you know, what is it that only Nate can bring? Right. Yeah. But how am I made? Yes. Like he made me to do something that only I can do. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So it was. Were there people like speaking into your life during the process? Like maybe say a little bit more about the yeah. unique thing. Because I think I did something similar, but not the same mm-hmm. as that. So like, yeah, were there other angles of confirmation that this was happening or that, yeah. you know, you said yes. it was a, a big thing that was happening. Yeah. So how did you know that? You know? Yeah. Um, they have you send out questions to like 20 people, like mm. 20 of your friends or family. And all my responses were coming back as like one thing. From everyone, you know, like, I just think you're funny or like, you're just happy and like everyone. And it was like, okay, this is interesting. I don't know what I was hoping for, but I was like, okay, analyzing what I got back. And then they have you do things like look up the meaning of your name or um, 
map out the story of your life. Yeah. Write down things you're passionate about. So it just it takes your story into consideration, takes your feedback from people that you know and love and um. that you trust into consideration. Um so yeah. Kind of get this total picture you of do. like <laughs> yeah. where you're at and like how mm-hmm. this might be all yeah come together. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I felt a stirring then at the end they had everyone go around the room and like paint a visual picture of where they felt like they were with their calling. Like, like with like watercolors and stuff. <laughs> Bob Ross was there. Yeah. 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 Very um, meaningful. Yeah. I just remember everyone was saying like a tree. They're like, I just feel like I'm a tree planted by the water. Okay. And like, I was nowhere close. I was like, I feel like I'm a plane that's like on the runway waiting to take off. Oh wow. And I had this like really strong feeling like something's happening. Hmm. Um, And so I finished the course feeling very, um, I don't want to say convicted, but it's like when God reveals something to you, there's a responsibility to it. Mm -hmm. So I was very excited for having learned my calling, but then it was like, oh no, what What does this mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like I love, I love what I'm doing. And um, also like with, like comedy and and being an entertainer, there's no real steps to take. It's just kind of nebulous. Mm. So um, I just didn't know what to do. And I just decided with this new information and the responsibility I felt from it, uh, let's just take a small step. So I booked uh, my first open mic, having never done it before. (laughs) Had to be scary. Um, yeah, it was scary and it was, uh, interesting. It was like a little place in East Nashville. I didn't go up to like midnight. There was probably like three people left in the room, <laughs> but I did get up there and do it. Miles laughed a lot. Okay. You have to have like a um, ringer, yeah. like support. Yeah. yeah. Miles <laughs> says it went well. I just, you know, call it done. Like check. I tried that. Okay. I didn't feel like it went overwhelmingly great. You say this like this is like anyone can do this. Like, yeah, so I just put together a comedy set list and like gave and presented it. Like, what? what? For all I knew, anyone could. Like, I just have okay. no idea. I've not ever, I'm a newbie. And I was just like, you know what? If you don't try it, you're not going to know okay. if you're good or not. Like, all along, I've just had this intuition that I could do it. Like, yeah. I don't have any evidence for showing, like, this is why I'm funny. Okay. Like, I had no, I didn't know if it was going to go well or go badly. Like, I don't know. Okay. I don't Wasn't know. there a part of your story about writing comedy or like something yeah. with L.A.? Did we yeah. cover that? Like what? The Second City thing. Oh, like that was when the I was invited. Thing. Yeah, okay. and then I've also written three Christian screenplays okay. that are out there for the world to buy. Okay. Um. So I did that, and then um, wrote a comedy musical that was here in Nashville. Okay, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Um, yeah. So a little bit of um. I never let writing go. It just, okay. it, it was never my like main thing. Okay. But the skill to get up in front of people and make them laugh yeah. is a different skill than writing, I would assume. For sure. Yeah. And like writing for a screenplay or for, you know, a journal or whatever is very different than writing a stand up set. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, man, I'm 33. I was 33 at the time, had this revelation. I've always wanted to try. It was like now or never, uh. you know, and, and with, the added bonus of feeling like God had almost given me permission to pick it back up now mm. was overwhelmingly happy because I thought that that was done. Mm-hmm. So when that sparked again and I felt peace about it, 
I didn't care if I was scared to go try stand up. I'm going to go try stand up yeah. because now I got my permission slip. I'm changed. I'm different. I want to see what this feels like as a healthy Christian individual. Okay. So just tracking with your story. So you have a big opportunity to go to Chicago. You feel God say, don't. Yeah. And then eight years later, uh-huh. almost, yeah, you have another revelation that says, now do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there's nothing to do yeah, other right. than like guessing. Um, Interesting. So I tried to stand up. It was fine. I read a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Oh, yeah. I have not read it, but I've heard it like 14 people say it's amazing. Yeah. So. yeah, I don't like reading things that are like bandwagony, uh-huh. but for whatever reason, I was okay reading this. Yeah. Thankfully, I picked it up. I finished that book, and the second after, like the second it ended, I closed the book and booked the Franklin Theater wow. for a one-hour, one-woman comedy show. Hmm. It was not written. <laughs> like, I didn't have anything. I didn't have material. But it was like, okay, I'm just going to, if I if I want to give this a shot, it has to be a fair shot. Like, I have to go all in, chips yeah. all in. Okay. Um, so I just said, Lord, I want to try this. And you can do what you want with it. Like, it, if it goes well, great. If it doesn't, then I've scratched this itch. Mm-hmm. You know, I can say that I tried. Right. So I... Yeah, booked a theater for four months in advance. So I gave myself about three and a half months to prep. And without any prior experience (laughs) other than trying stand-up once, Uh um, I just committed to an hour. And then I spent the next three months freaking out. Right, yeah. Freaking out. Like, leading up to the show— was one of the closest times I've ever been with the Lord because I was so dependent and so terrified. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was also one of the most stressful times. Huh. Like I, I remember a few weeks before the show, I went to the doctor and like my blood pressure was through the roof. Uh-huh. My heart was just constantly beating fast for like three weeks. <laughs> um, like it was like... Yeah. I was very, very scared. Yes. And and, um, I went to counseling Mm. during that time because I was so scared. Yeah. Um, Like, there were many days where I was like, am I going to actually do this? Um, But then people bought tickets. They're waiting. It's like, well, (laughs) now you've you've sold tickets, (laughs) so you're going to get up there and do something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I process a lot with the counselor about um, a fear of failure. Uh. Um, and fear of my own inadequacy. Um, and also part of what I navigate to as I pursue this and learn what being an artist is like is pride. Mm. Um, I think going back to when I said, I felt like comedy and God wasn't either or like Mm. kept separate. It feels, it still feels uncomfortable for me to pursue something that is like in the spotlight for God, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so just trying to to work through all of that and make sure that when I did the show, I was in a like healthy mm-hmm. spiritual and mental state. Mm. But leading up to that first comedy show felt like spiritual boot camp. And I was like, this is why God prepared me for eight years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like right. it literally took that to give me the confidence, to give me the um the faith uh, to walk on the stage and, and do that. Right. Um, like if you would have done it eight years prior. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally different. Oh um, yes. Yeah. Like I, 
if I consider what would have happened when I went to Chicago, it breaks my heart mm. um, because I just remember how impressionable I was at that time and how like desperate I was for someone to just like scoop me up and take me in. Mm-hmm. And so if I would have found that family in the wrong people, I I don't even want to think about, totally I, I definitely wouldn't be producing material that was um, God honoring, mm. you know? Um, so it still feels a little bit unnatural pursuing it even now. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about that is it really does keep me talking to the Lord and in communion with him. Yeah. Um, because I feel like, and I'm I'm pretty woo-woo. I would say I'm pretty woo-woo. And so <laughs> I feel like in my mind, it's like, okay, God, we have this like agreement. Like as long as I'm abiding with you, mm-hmm. this is oh, this is okay. Yeah. This is a good thing. Um, but it's kind of like, well, if I want to keep producing material and content I'm proud of and that's God honoring, I have to be close to the source. Mm-hmm. So I learned that comedy could go with God mm. and be for God and could almost be a ministry. And I started learning more about like the importance of laughter, mm. the importance of joy um, and removing the lie that like laughter and joy was a pain substitute. Like if you want to get rid of pain, right. you, you, you be happy or get joy. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. They go together. Yeah. They're, they work together. You can feel both at the same time. Right. Anyways. The church can be a very melancholy place. It you know, can. Like my... Well, and a very serious place. <laughs> yeah. And and Christians, you know, we tend to white knuckle everything. Mm. And um, it's a very, I grew up in a very shame-oriented background, like a legalistic school. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, Bible built everything. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, but I've, I've just been learning that laughter and joy are extensions of his creation. It's something that he created purposefully. Mm-hmm. So why aren't we using it? Why aren't we cultivating it right. more? Yeah. Why are we making it so hard on ourselves? You know? <laughs> just do it. Just do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was three or four months leading up to the first show. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the feeling I had before I walked out on the stage, um, which was just like complete surrender. Mm-hmm. Like at that point through, through counseling and through just spending lots of the time with the Lord, it was like, it came down to not about if it was funny or not, whether it succeeded or not. It was just like, I have to do this thing for the Lord, yeah. period. Right. I could flop and I don't care. Was it about like obedience? Obedience. A hundred percent. I have to do this 100%. no matter how it goes. Okay. Yeah. And, and like I said, it was stewarding the calling that God had revealed to right. me yeah. through the, the tra- the course that mm-hmm. I did. So, and it's like, I say it's all about that training course. It's more of like the training through Unique was what, like, helped me see what was happening. And it was like, okay, then it opened my eyes to the work God had been doing. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he was bringing me through fellowship, all of this for a very specific reason. Yeah. So upon learning that, it's like, okay, I have to listen. Mm -hmm. I have to do it. It was like, I have to. Just like, um, you know, I use extreme words when I say I couldn't go to Chicago. Yeah. I couldn't. There was a thousand pound weight on me. Like I couldn't do it despite me wanting to. Mm -hmm. And for this one, it was like, I can't not do it despite me wanting to not do it. Uh So I did it. And one of the most wonderful evenings of my life (laughs) And uh, it felt like a, a miracle. It, it felt like an answer to prayer. Mm. Um, 
it made me make sense. Like, oh, this is why <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I kind of sat with, after that show, just this tension of, I feel like this is what God wants me to do. And also, I don't want to leave fellowship. Because mm-hmm. um, fellowship is a security blanket. It's my home. It's my, yeah. you know, it's, I'm very comfortable here and I love everyone here. And why would I leave? Right. Um, but at that first show, um, Steve Gilreath, who is the uh, executive director of K-Love's on-demand platform, mm-hmm. he was there. And a couple months after that show, he approached me about doing the show again, but being filmed to put on K-Love's on-demand platform. And, you know, K-Love obviously has a global reach, um, a Christian-based platform. Um, I was very shocked, um, very scared. Mm. Um, and also it was confirmation of, okay, yeah. like the wheels are still turning on this thing. For sure, yeah. Um, so then I went into making my second show while still, all of this is still while, you know, working at fellowship mm-hmm. and I only had a month to turn around the second show. So it felt like, okay, I just took this big faith jump. Yeah. And now it's like, Oh, here we are <laughs> again. One right after There's it. another one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Were you able to like reuse a lot of the stuff or did you just start from scratch on the material? Both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one, since it was for Caleb, um, I wrote like music specific content because okay. they're a radio station. Yeah. So like I made some jokes about, you know, Christian artists and things like that. And I made it much longer. Uh, the first show, my stand up part was about 15, 20 minutes. And this time it was gotcha. 40. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so the show in itself was about an hour and a half long. Um, so there was old stuff and a lot of new additions. Okay. Um, so <laughs> did that again, did a second show. And I'm just really, I cannot wrap my head around it. Like, I cannot wrap my head around, I thought this dream was done. You know, I gave it to the Lord. Uh I laid it at his feet and said, here. Right. Thinking that was the end. And here we are in 2023, (laughs) eight years later. Mm -hmm. And through just barely, I would say, leaning into faith and faith decisions I see him blessing that. Yeah. And it has taught me, I mean, it's, I feel like a new believer. Mm. Like going on this faith journey with Jesus, I feel brand spanking new. Yeah. Um, because I don't think I've ever been so utterly dependent on him. Yeah. So I wanted to point out that part of your story too, yeah. because like I'm, I'm pretty risk averse, you know, mm. like I love like steady, uh, predictable, yeah. you know, just like yeah. knowing what's coming. Not you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out. Um, and what comes with that is I end up doing a lot of things in my own strength because, mm. um, I don't really can. need anything else. Like, and that's yeah. what makes me feel comfortable Mm -hmm. is that we talk about this all the time with worship leading and songwriting living on the edge of what you're capable of and letting god do the rest you know because if we stop short of that um it's very dangerous to like do something that you didn't need god for 
especially when you're leading worship or, right. you know, putting words in people's yes. mouths by writing worship songs. Uh-huh. Um, it needs to be in the power of the spirit mm-hmm. or else what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? Um, and so I keep hearing that in your story that like, and it's not to say that you're job at fellowship was void of that it's just like a like a switch got flipped almost when you went into the con when you you started talking about comedy just now yeah it was saying i don't know if i can do this Mm -hmm. like i'm just trying to be obedient like that that to me sounds like living on the edge of what you kind of can't do without god yeah and it's there (laughs) on the edge that I gained trust, like mm-hmm. real tangible trust. Yeah. Like it's, it was easy for me to say before, like, of course I, I trust God. Mm-hmm. But when you're making a decision that scares you and you are dependent on him for the outcome mm-hmm. and you're going to do it either way, it's like you give God an opportunity to prove himself to exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like without that, without experiencing me jumping and him catching me mm-hmm. and then me jumping and him catching me, how do I learn trust? Right. Just by looking over the edge and seeing that he's there? <laughs> no, like you yeah. have to jump. Yeah. And um, yeah, for whatever reason, God did not make me a risk averse person. <laughs> um, I, I, I sometimes seek it out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the risk taking has always been in my DNA. I would say my stretch at fellowship has been the longest time that I've been stable or mm, okay yeah outside of that risk basically yes, like yeah yeah, yeah. so it actually feels really good oh i'm sure to be yeah. in a position where i'm you know i have no clue yeah. what's happening and and that's okay because he does yeah you know i'm just walking in it right um another way i heard that stated was uh from carl like when we started talking about like a specific one was nowhere town like writing this yes. thing for the church he kept saying this phrase that I th- I needed to hear, which was, we can do a lot of this by sight. I want to do this by faith. Mm-hmm. And what he meant by that was, um, if it doesn't make you a little uncomfortable, yeah. you're probably not pushing into it enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you said, uh, you're dependent on God for the outcome. Yeah. You know, I was just ready to like the low hanging fruit. Like, let's just make right. it cool. Yeah. And, and I think he was just kept pushing it towards what, what can we only by faith Yes. Are we going to see this happen? You know, yes. and it's like, okay, that's scary. And that's probably a good sign. Yeah. You know, yes. It, it means something's happening. And also mm-hmm. there's a verse, you know, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Mm. So oftentimes I, or we ask God for just, just give me some sort of proof. Just give me some sort of nod so that I know I'm like going in the right direction. Yeah. And like, we want this surety, but the Bible says that that surety is supposed to be our faith. Um, like that is our proof. Right. Our faith is our proof. Yeah. And so I really learned the meaning of that. Like uh, I'm choosing to name my faith as this evidence okay. for something I can't see. Yeah. But I know I like I'm trusting. So that's all the evidence I need is my faith. Yeah. Yeah. And let God do the rest. Yeah. 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 So we're we're having this interview right now, like literally at yeah. the, the precipice. Is that a word of precipice? Uh, yeah. Of you, of this job ending. Yeah. At fellowship. Uh, and what is happening? Like what's to, <laughs> <laughs> tell the tell the folks so what much. is taking okay. place. Yeah. So um I told Fellowship probably back in November that, hey, I'm really feeling this stirring. Mm. Um, I'd like to, you know, talk about what it would look like for me to 
create an off ramp, as we say, okay. an off ramp. Well stated. Yeah. And not knowing, you know, I don't have another job lined up, but as okay. of right now, as of today, I have about four weeks left of fellowship mm-hmm. before I stop working at fellowship <laughs> and we see what's next. Carrie's eyes just got really big when she said that. So. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't know what's happening next. Right. Um, so the, well, okay. So the Caleb thing is coming out yeah. 10 days from the point of this recording. Yes. Um, okay. And so what does that look like? What What's, what's coming out? What is yeah. happening? So the one hour show or, you know, hour and a half show I did is being broken up right now into eight are 10 episodes. Mm. So um, I've been working with the editor. We have like a, we had a watch through a few days ago where we watched the whole thing and um, <laughs> talked about whether each joke was funny or not. Nice. And, nothing uh, like nitpicking your Nothing art. like it. <laughs> nothing like it. So glad I'm doing it. Right. Um, so we did that. And so it comes out in, on March 2nd okay. on Caleb On Demand. Um, and they'll, promote it, you know, through the radio. And I hope that once that's live, Uh I will begin to get bookings. Gotcha. Okay. So I had a couple of weeks ago, I had my first interview with a talent agent, which that was also (laughs) no man's land. Yeah. It was a first, um, pretty intimidating. Okay. Um, so I'm waiting to hear back from them. Uh, if they say no, I'll try a different one. Yeah. So, I really don't have a plan. Uh-huh. Uh, I felt God asking me to be available. Okay. So I have made myself available. <laughs> Check. Yes. And, and yeah. you know, I've found that God has been giving me information like the second before it's needed. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't expect to know what I'm going to be doing yeah. before I leave fellowship. Um, but I do have faith. I have evidence yeah. um, that it's going to be something. And um, whatever I do next, now I have the lens of my purpose, my calling, for sure. Um, yeah. which I'll be filtering, you know, jobs through, work through. Mm-hmm. Um, so the specificity that he gave me allows me to have the faith to just venture out. Yeah. Um, so again, just trying to steward the revelation that I had right. um, and seeing what happens next. But it's Man, it's so like I'm so scared. Like, <laughs> like today, my heart yeah. has been racing because I'm like, is the talent people going to call me back? You know, yeah. am I going to get a contract or not? And what if uh, my series posts and nothing happens? Mm. You know, all all the very real what ifs. Yeah. Um, which I'm just, I don't know. God invites us to just set those down. Mm. And I've started accepting that invitation and it's fun. Yeah. It's like, man. I can sense a lot of joy and happiness, as vague as that sounds, yeah. around this for you, just yeah. because it's it doesn't need to be all spelled out. But you're I even from back when you started talking about it, you know, in October, yeah. November, whatever, just seeing, okay, I see what's happening. Like yeah. you're stepping into something and it doesn't need to be all sussed out. Right. You know, I'm acknowledging actually... that there's movement going on. Mm-hmm. I don't have an explanation for it or a plan for it, yeah. but there's something happening inside yeah. that I know. I, I just, I believe is very real and I feel is real and is the Holy Spirit. And yeah. it's, he honors it. He honors our faithfulness. He honors our um, pursuit of him. Mm-hmm. So 
whether that's, you know, hardship or, or the, the land of plenty or whatever, when we're walking with the Lord, he's going to give us the joy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't have joy because my special is coming out or because I'm leaving fellowship or whatever. Totally, it's just because yeah. I feel like I'm where God wants me to be. Yeah. And, and that makes me very, very happy. Yeah. Um, a, seems like a season of total surrender. Yeah. Total trust. Yes. You know, which Free falling. Yeah. And it, it can't happen all the time, you know, in perpetuity forever. Mm-hmm. It's just, it seems like right now. Yeah. That's what the Lord has for yeah. you. And I did want to highlight that. It's almost like a no-duh statement, you know, like in these, you know, this is season two of the podcast. In season one, there was a lot of talk about worship and songwriting mm-hmm. and music and that kind of stuff. So in season two, I'm trying to venture out a little bit more into like, what does response look like in a lot of people's Ooh, lives, you know? Yes. And so, you know, the word obedience kept coming up in your mm-hmm. story of just saying like, you know, when God reveals... um, Something about who he is, yeah. but, or in this case, something that he wants for yeah. me. Uh-huh. Um, the the choice is really clear to respond mm-hmm. with, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Or I will do that, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know how this is going to go, X, yeah. Y, Z, but I'm available. I love that word. Like, do what you're going to do. Yeah. And my hands are open, yeah. you know? And like that picture of response is like, so I want that to be an encouragement to folks like, it's hard to always know that God is the one leading you. Sometimes it's that clear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, oh, I'm on the fence. But praying through that decision, bringing other people in yeah. to talk through that and say, I feel a stirring, like all that kind yeah. of language. Um, and then to be faithful with the response, you know, and even allow God to into that decision as well. I want yeah. a response. Yeah. Help me. Yeah. Respond in the way that you want me to. Yeah. Like I'm I'm available. Go yeah. on go on the messy adventure with God. Yeah. Like do it. Do it. I mean, it's if anything, even if what you're trying to set out to do fails, you're you're doing it with God. Mm. And so you grow closer to him. Yeah. Like just like in a marriage, you know, if you have a terrible day where you get lost and, and it's raining and it's terrible, you've yeah. made a memory, you've bonded, <laughs> you know, you've right. grown together, you've yeah. you've had this experience that built trust, like do things with God, mm-hmm. test him, test out this this whole faith thing and see how it works yeah. out for you. Like give right. it a try. Yeah. You know, that's all you have to do is just try it once. Yeah. And then you'll see, oh, he's faithful. Yes. He's going to catch me. Uh-huh. And it sounds so scary, but it's so biblical as well. What you it's just said. so <laughs> scary and so biblical, <laughs> right. but it's, it, you know, they're one and the same. And that's what I love about it is the dichotomy of like, I'm doing uh, something that requires a lot of faith and it's so scary. And at the same time, it's so um, exciting yeah. and it's so um, fulfilling because I I've, I, I want to touch on what you said about the different forms of worship yeah. because um, I've learned through, through this revelation, through def- defining my calling, that one of the ways that I worship is through writing comedy material. Hmm. And like God and I do that together. Right. I told you I'm woo woo. Yeah, yeah. But like sometimes <laughs> it's like he gives me jokes. Yeah. Like I have a Netflix joke that's on the special. And like I did not think of that joke. I mean, it's God's joke. Right. He gave it to me. Yeah. Like this is when I'm just hanging out with God. Yeah. We're writing, I'm, I'm bouncing stuff off of him. Like yeah. I truly think that when I'm, doing this thing that I feel like God's made me to do, we're working together. Yeah. So it's like, join God, partner with him, yeah. do the scary thing. He's not going to let you fall. Mm-hmm. And if he does, he's still with you. He's fallen with you. Yeah. Um, and it's just worth it. And I wish I would have gotten that sooner. Yeah. I wish that I would have just had the, had the faith sooner, but I think that God equips us 
just the right time. Needed, time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's awesome. Thank you so much for walking through that whole story yeah. and just explain and being vulnerable with the ups and downs of your story and where you end up. Saying. I also like your story. We talked a little bit about this. It's not done at all. No. You know, and so it's really cool to kind of capture it. Like by the time this comes out, you know, the podcast, the, your material will be out for a <laughs> month or so. It'll either be good or bad. <laughs> right. We'll know. You'll either be a failure or a success. <laughs> right, we'll yeah. know. Uh, yeah. So on that, so like where, where would people go um, to, f- to hear these, um, the on-demand yeah. stuff? Like how do they get all this? Yeah. It's just Caleb.com. Okay. And then they have a little on-demand section. Just click on the on-demand section, March 2nd, beginning March 2nd, and Great. you can see everything for free. That's awesome. Yeah. And I have an Instagram. I have a YouTube channel. Hopefully... We'll have filled out content and just so many subscribers. Right. You're going to be shocked at what's available. <laughs> so it's all under just Carrie Murphy yeah. or is it? Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on today. A yeah. unique story, but I think. Thank you really, so much for having me, Nate. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. We'll see you in the next episode. Revelation Response is produced by Fellowship Bible Church and Fellowship Songs. You can check us out online at fellowshipbiblechurch.org or by searching Fellowship Songs wherever you stream your music. Also, please leave us a like and give us a follow to hear more episodes like this. Thanks for listening.